Welcome to the Curiosity Pod. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Curiosity Pod. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly. And boy, oh boy, (laughs) am I excited for today's episode. I sit down with the incredible Gala Darling, who is a manifestation expert, uh, just this really extraordinary being. She wears head-to-toe fuchsia, including her hair, and she teaches and promotes this this radical self-acceptance and then perhaps even more fittingly, this radical, I know what I want and I'm not afraid to get it. Um, she is... A really a force. And in this conversation, I wanted to bring her on because I was really curious about how do you know you're manifesting for the right reasons? How do you know that your manifestations are not built out of insecurities or inadequacies or fear or self-doubts? This, this concept of if I'm better, then I'll have these things, right? Or I'll be better if I have these things. And since we know that really the highest form of spirituality is surrender, is acceptance, is relinquishing, is letting go, then how does a robust and delicious <laughs> manifestation practice inform that? Do that? Does it inform it? Are those counterintuitive? Do they, do they butt heads? Is there something that we're missing? So that's the conversation that I have, and I know you are going to love it. I think, I know you are going to love it. It is is really juicy and really interesting. And before we get into that, I want to answer one of my lovely subscribers' questions. Um, And this one is going to (laughs) be fast and personal, but I encourage you, if you have any questions as you're listening to the episode or as you are moving through the day, whether they are about the episode or about your chart or about a tarot spread or about some something you're curious about, leave it in the comments and we can address it together um, each week before my interview begins. So this one is personal. This one is my favorite and least favorite parts of pregnancy. It seems like a bunch of you were curious about that. So I will respond and my favorite part of pregnancy is being pregnant. <laughs> it's it's proving this concept that I had that my body was broken wrong. It's it's changing the narrative. It's um it's building and potentially developing a healthier relationship with my physical form, um, which has always felt very fragmented, really since you know the PCOS started to come into my life when I was 11. So a few decades of feeling like something was not working within me or many things were not working and, and being pregnant feels like it's kind of shattering that status quo in a really exciting way. And then my least favorite part is the, uh, the, the anxiety that has just gone out completely out of control. Obviously I'm not quelling this anxiety by self-medicating with any substances. There's no wine. (laughs) And I really feel the, uh, I really feel how 
I don't have solid coping skills in surrendering, um, or at least I didn't, right? I'm working towards those. I'm, I'm curious of how to better um, be present, better, better just sort of embrace where I am and what's going on and, and to reflect that gratitude for what I know that I have and, and where I am and to not overthink and get into these spiralic states of mind. But it has been a challenge. (laughs) It has been a challenge. Hence why this week we are exploring how astrology and tarot manifestation and all of these different um, divination practices support or hinder our ability to relinquish control and to surrender. So this overall, I would say that this pregnancy has been really eye-opening for me, Um, very transformative, very spiritual, and is helping me go into deeper spaces of my own practice that weren't accessible previously because I didn't even know they needed to be. So without further ado, (laughs) and what a perfect segue to continue this conversation with Gala Darling. Here it is. Hello, Gala Darling. Welcome to the Curiosity Pod. I am so honored to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor. (laughs) I, I, when I was thinking about this week's sort of main theme, which is the horrors of surrendering, I immediately thought of how nourishing a conversation with you would be around this because you are at least in my eyes and in so many, so many people's eyes, like the master of manifestation. You are, you are, you live it, you breathe it. Like it is something that is truly unapologetically um, your, how you've created your entire life. And obviously correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know, I think that one of the things that is so inspiring about you is that you really do not apologize for wanting what you want and for living that truth. And it's, it's really refreshing. (laughs) It's really beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I have to say that that is a long-term practice of not feeling like I need to apologize for things. And I've, I feel like I have been very stringently examining self-development and self-growth and, and all of those things and manifesting for 17 years. And so, so often when people tell me that I make it look at like it's easy or effortless, I just want to reiterate that it's not. Mm. And it is literally just the accumulated time in the game of learning what works and what doesn't. And so much of what I've learned is about being gentle with ourselves, which runs completely contrary to all my astrology and all my, even my personality, which is very much like, yes, I want that thing. I'm going to go for it. But we really need to learn to be so soft with ourselves in order to not turn self-improvement into self-punishment. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I love that there, there's so much in there that I want to ask you about, but I want to just sort of stay in that, you know, going back 17 years, <laughs> time traveling all the way from when you first started this practice. What, how did you discover it and what did it look like for you at that time? 
I was always interested in self-development and grew up in a house where my father would meditate to Wayne Dyer and my mother would tell me about affirmations and things like that. But it was interesting because that was the 80s, 90s and the perspective on self-development or even affirmation was even if you don't feel good, you say that you're good because that's what you're creating and that's how people are perceiving you. And my understanding of that has shifted a lot since then. Now I have more space to be able to own where I'm at and how I'm feeling. And I think that's very powerful and important. But when I was in my teens, I really struggled with my self-worth and my self-esteem. Um, I was self-harming a lot. And then I transferred that into an eating disorder when I was about 18. And when I was 23, I discovered tapping, which is acupuncture without needles, and is able to heal my eating disorder in one session, which was absolutely mind-blowing. And when I removed that layer of self-loathing and self-repression, I was able to then start expressing the weird creative parts of me that had previously felt unacceptable. And I started to really experiment with style and healing and all these things. Like my life really just opened up and I started blogging about it. And that was kind of the entry point for people knowing me as this person that I am today. It was really just because I was radically experimenting in my own life and looking at what didn't work and being like, okay, well, if this isn't working, there has to be some kind of solution to this. There's got to be something I can do about this. So what can I do? And I really think of myself as a bit of a guinea pig where I'll just try things and then report back on what's worked and what hasn't. And then obviously in 17 years, I have a really good toolkit of things that I know work for me and other things that are like not such a good fit. So at that time when you were, you know, in your late teens, early twenties, starting to begin this process of self-actualizing, and there were also all of these you know, self-harming and the eating disorder. And there was this, you know, existential pain that a lot of us feel at that time, but not mm -hmm. to invalidate it. It's, you know, it's really destabilizing and it can ruin your entire life, you know, at that era. Um, how did you transition from, from feeling inadequate, from feeling insecure to feeling empowered? And how did that come up within your practice? And and, you know, were there things where it was like, I need to do this in order to be better, right? I need to do this in order to belong. I need to do this in order to be loved or whatever that language was. How did you differentiate the, the sort of inadequacy from the empowerment, if that makes sense? To continue enjoying this episode and for full access to all Curiosity Pod episodes, join my Substack, The Curiosity Report. Each week, you'll receive my written newsletter, The Curiosity Diary, as well as this podcast, which includes interviews with experts, thought leaders, mystics, and overall fascinating individuals. Go to elizakelly.substack.com and join today for only $5. That's elizakelly.substack.com. See you there. <laughs> 